As we approach the NFL draft, um, I always try to warn folks that there is a bus factor with some players, and we talk about who some of those players are. But I want to spend a little time uh, of examining uh, how to look at players. And I want to maybe go to a couple of things. We're going to break this down into two parts, kind of sticking to prototypes in personnel evaluations and how to really minimize bust in the second one. Uh, and it really, um, when I started in the league a while back, one of the things that was I was trying to understand was um, going back through the day in the NFL and looking at how guys made it, why they made it looking at the scouting process and look at what prototypes were. You, you hear this a lot. Well, this guy's a little bit shorter. This guy's a little bit, he's not heavy enough. He's not speed, not speedy enough for that position. People ask me all the time, well, why, why does it matter? Why does it matter if the guy plays great on film? And the reason why it matters is a guy can play well on film. But that's doing it against college competition, not NFL competition. The measurables, the tangibles, the, the metrics that we use are indicators of a guy being successful um, in the past and what's likely going to be successful in the future. Now, no, it's not full safe and it's not foolproof because you've got different personalities, different character, different work ethic. Those things factor in greatly to whether a guy's successful or not. Um, you need to understand what it takes to play every position in the league. And it takes years of experience to see it. But, um, and I think one of the things that you have to have is a philosophy. Um, you, you have to understand what it takes to be successful at each position. What does it take to be successful at an offensive tackle or a defensive end or a corner? When you understand that, you understand that production, yes, is very important, but production only is an indicator that maybe some of the traits that a player has can translate to the NFL level, but not necessarily. So that's why you've got to add something to the tape. And you want to look at the average height, weight, speed for every position uh, in the NFL. You have to look at the speed, every position. Um, when you did that and you do that and you do that process, um, and I think it's important to look at, well, here's what normally makes it. Now, do you have guys that are exceptions? Yes. Folks, they don't make it because they're exceptions. They make it because they have some of the other qualities to overcome the exceptions. Um, <clears throat> It's, it was, if you start drafting exceptions, you're going to have a team full of exceptions. So if you sit there and say every linebacker that's 5'9 could be the next Sam Mills, you're going to be wrong uh, 20,000 times out of, you know, 1,900, 999 times out of 20,000. So you need to know. What are the measurables? 
what exceptions can you live with and what do you need to overcome it when you take those exceptions so when you look at defensive linemen you have to have a philosophy team-wise and this is why teams draft well or teams draft poorly because they have philosophies that change all the time and sometimes they don't have football people running the front office the teams that have had success like Tom Landry with the Cowboys or Chuck Noll with the Steelers and Dick Haley the guys they the same system took place year in and year out so you knew that defensive line they wanted tall rangy players so you know the to Tall Jones and the Harvey Martins, the Randy Wrights, they, they were they knew what they were looking for. You looked at their linebackers, they're medium-sized, quick, speedy types. If you look at the Steelers of the 70s, you saw Joe Green, Ernie Holmes inside, and Dwight uh, White and Elsie Greenwood on the outside. If you look at the Rams, the fearsome foursome with Merlin Olson and Rosie Greer on the inside, Deacon Jones and Lamar Lundy on the outside. If you look at the Vikings of Jim Marshall, Paul Eller, Doug Sutherland, you see the philosophy and, and how teams are built and how you need to stick to that. Um, if you don't have your philosophy and personnel, you, you don't have your prototypical values placed on personnel, pretty soon your team looks like a dog pile. One of these, one of those, big ones, little ones, just, it just, it doesn't, there's no rhyme or reason. And, that's not a successful way to build a team. Have a philosophy, stick to it. Now, in addition to the positional skills, there were three critical factors for each position within the system. And you go through every position, but the critical factors, like for receiver, were hands, quickness, speed. There's never been a good receiver who couldn't catch. You somehow have to create separation from the defender, and quickness and speed are vehicles for that. The receiver needs to at least have one of those traits. For offensive linemen, it's size, strength, quickness. If they're not big enough or strong enough, they're going to get overpowered in the league. If they don't have the quickness to get in position to block someone, they're not going to be effective. In the history of football, the one position that doesn't have a prototype is running back because it has always been a production position. They gain yards in high school or college, a pretty good chance they'll do it in the NFL. Uh, but they come in all shapes and sizes. The Jim Browns, the Jim Taylor, the you know Cookie Gilchrist, then, then you get in the modern age guys. Um, yet with the advent of the I formation in the 70s, it became prominent in college football with the USC, John McKay, and the tailbacks with OJ and Marcus and Eric Dickerson at uh, SMU. Those guys became the focal point of the running game, focal point of the offense. Fullback became a secondary position. As we involved with the spread formation, different types of backs came into play, like Emmett Smith, Thurman Thomas, Walter Payton, Barry Sanders. So the prototypes. For each position, I'm using running backs, for example, change over the years. Receivers, you had two receivers back in the day. That's it. Now you play with at least three, if not four. Well, the outside receivers, the X receiver has a prototype. The Y receiver, which is the slot, big slot, has a, the Z position has a prototype. The slot has a prototype. And a big slot and a small slot have prototypes. So there's no such thing as wide receivers, it's receivers. You have to evolve your prototypes as the game evolves. Um, you know, I think the guys that have done a good job um, are, are the ones that have been the most successful over the years. Um, 
we evaluated players in three specific areas. One was their personal character. What kind of guy is he? Second was the medical aspect, his injury background, and then the physical stature. Third was positional skills. Um, if you look at people who have a solid, a solid system and you follow that system and you stick to that system, you will get it more right than wrong more often than not. You're always going to have mistakes. Anytime human beings evaluate human beings, you're going to always have mistakes. However, you, you minimize those mistakes. When you have a philosophy, you stick to the philosophy. And then all of a sudden, you're going to have a better chance to know what you look for. And I think this is true in any sort of business you have. If you're looking for people to work in your business, what are you looking for? What, 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 do you, what are the qualities? Make a list of critical factors and prototypes. Um, you know, if, if you don't fit the prototype, if you're going to be the exception, he better walk on water. There are certain players who have exceptions that can make it. But if you don't have the prototype and you go with an exception and you live off of that and say, well, we can live with this exception, you're going to make huge mistakes and you're going to have a team that's not going to really make any sense um, at what you're trying to do. So that gives you an idea. Next, I'm going to talk about how to the grading system that I've been involved in using for 40 years in the league kind of helps reduce the risk of taking players in the NFL. A reminder, you can get more detailed analysis on the college game, the pro game, the draft, free agency, you name it, we got it at LandryFootball.com. Take advantage of our scouting season offer today. It's the best one we got going. It'll take you through a full 12 months. Uh, also, uh, a reminder um, to subscribe, like, and share the Landry Football Podcast Network wherever you get your podcasts. Um, and uh, that way you don't miss any of our football show. Hey, we appreciate you joining us again. Join us next time. We'll talk about how to reduce the bus factor in your grading system next on the next edition of the Landry Football Podcast on the Landry Football Podcast Network. But for now, we bid you adieu.